I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And ahoy and call him, but Hunter, also known as just Hunter. And this is A Hero Story, episode 99. Welcome. Hello. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. That includes comic book movies, comic book animation, comic book video games, comic books themselves. You name it, we probably talk about it. On this week's episode, we unfortunately do not have any comics. DC and Marvel did not release... They, they released like little to nothing uh, this week, given that uh, I believe July 1st is Canada Day. It and was, July yeah. 4th is, of course, uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day in the United States. So I guess with the two holidays combined, they decided not to release anything. Uh, yeah. So what does that leave a comic book podcast to cover? Well, good question. <laughs> uh, we are essentially going to uh, spitball this episode. We have a little bit of content, but you know we're going to try to uh, take it as far as we can. It'll be just a nice discussion, very laid back as uh, as we sometimes do. So uh, yeah, stick with us here. Uh, Timestamps will be in the description of what we do end up covering, of course. But uh, yeah, for now, I guess we'll uh, start with kind of the news of the week because there was a little bit of news and then we'll bit. get into uh, other things like uh, we'll make up a, a pitch for a Marvel and DC crossover. Uh, we'll talk about diamond shipping. We'll talk about uh, kind of how we made it to a hero story from starting to collect comics and uh, what, what we're currently reading. So uh, let's well start others. with the news of the week, which... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as well as others. So uh, let's start with the news of the week, which is Hunter's section. Yeah, so for news this week, there was just a little bit kind of strange news. So about the middle of the week, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg in Justice League, called out Joss Whedon, second director of Justice League, saying that he was not a good guy on set. He was very rude. He was abusive and just all around just a terrible person to work with. He originally actually called him out about a week ago where he released a video of him from San Diego Comic-Con 2016, saying that he, or sorry, 2017, where he says that Joss Whedon's a great guy and Zach couldn't have picked a better person to take over Justice League. He released that video again saying, I take back everything I said. And then a few days later, he explained that Joss was a terrible person. Now, not many people backing him up on this, although there are a few. Clay Enos is one of them. He is a photographer that works for Zack Snyder during these movies. He said that he agrees with Ray Fisher, Joss was not a good guy on set, and Gal Gadot's stunt double also said that she agrees with Ray here. Uh, Alan Tudyk, who was an actor that was not in Justice League, is saying that he's known Joss his entire life and says that Joss is a great guy and he can't even imagine Joss being like a mean person at all. So right now it's just a bunch of grown celebrities arguing online and all of us fans just kind of <laughs> watching. <laughs> Uh, I feel like for a call out, not much has happened so far. Like, well, right? I, I never really expected much to happen. I feel like a lot of these times with these call outs, it's more behind the scenes stuff that ends up happening. You know, yeah, maybe Joss's people reach out to Ray Fisher's people, but uh, yeah, this was this was a big call out. I, I think to me the biggest part of this was, of course, the second part that yes, uh, Jeff Johns and, and yeah, so Jeff Johns and John Berg were the enablers in the situation. Now Jeff Johns obviously. Beloved on this podcast, uh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite comic writer of all time. I don't mine know if he's well. Hunters, but he's got to be up there for no, you, right? No, he's mine as well, for sure, 100%. Everything he does is yeah, great so, for so our, our favorite comic book writer of all time being accused of being an enabler of abuse. This was a hefty accusation. Now, I don't know about you, but every story I've ever heard about Jeff Johns, either from followers who have DM'd me that have met him or articles I've read about him, uh, no one's ever had a bad thing to say about Jeff. You know, he's always been yeah. this nice guy. He's always been, you know, this very kind person who you know 
always takes time for people. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard like stories at, you know, comic cons of just him being an awesome guy and, you know, Mm -hmm. doodling for people and, you know, just, just, just being a cool guy overall. So this was a uh, surprising accusation to say the least. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we don't know the full story. Ray didn't really go off with that. He just kind of said Ray, or sorry, Jeff was involved. We don't know if that means that Jeff was doing the same thing as Josh Whedon was doing, or maybe Jeff was just letting it happen and not saying anything, just being like a witness. Well, well, well so so that's the interesting thing about the term enabler. Enabler can mean uh, a series of things. You know, it can mean someone who's just standing by while something happens or it can mean someone who's like actively allowing it to happen so there, there definitely is a difference and that definitely mm-hmm. um you know speaks to the person's character but uh I, either way i gotta say i'm surprised but uh following this there were also people that uh actually accused jeff johns of uh flirting with them uh the, a few tweets came out and uh one of the girls said that jeff actually flirted with her while she was underage now uh, I've seen people actually debunking her story about um, kind of when she joined Twitter and when she's claiming things happened. Jeff uh, I, either way, uh, Je- Jeff was kind of on the hot seat for uh, a, a, like a day or two. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's still kind of actively going on now. I highly doubt Jeff will comment on it because he doesn't really use social media. Yeah, I mean, he has Twitter and Instagram, but he hardly ever uses them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is another hefty accusation of, you know, I mean, flirting, of course, can mean a lot of things. But there have been some creeps in comics identified recently, such as uh, Warren Ellis, for example. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone's kind of uh, on their toes on this one. Now, again, knowing what we know of Jeff's public persona, you know, there's I certainly have my doubts. And, you know, there's um, there's already debunkings happening of the stories. But. Uh, either way, I mean, and, and I also got to say that, you know, um, the timing convenience is a little interesting that, you know, these stories are coming out now after Jeff's on the hot seat because of Ray Fisher, you know, like that's uh, yeah, interesting timing to say the least. It is. Yeah. It seems like they're just using this opportunity to go after Jeff. Now, now of course, I'm not denying, you know, anything that an accuser says, you know, oh, I'm not either. saying that it's a made up story. I'm just saying that it's definitely interesting timing pending the Ray Fisher stuff. But either way, Jeff has been on the hot seat. Definitely been tough for me to see. I mean, Jeff is somebody who I, of course, look up to. Um, I feel like every time I, you know, write a, a comic script, I think of Jeff Johns. You know, he's he's an idol to me. So, uh, you know, I, I I certainly hope this is not true stuff. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough stuff. So we'll, we'll have to see what go- goes on going forward. Uh, my, my guess is kind of nothing's going to happen. It's kind of just going to fade into the background because I don't think Jeff's going to comment on, on it. And no, I, don't I don't know either. how much Ray Fisher will comment on it in the future. So I think it might just be the bold headline and that's about it. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, as far as we know, this is all we know. And right now, as we're recording right now, Ray could be typing out another statement or Jeff could be typing out his statement. But they also might not even touch on this again. We might have covered everything. And next yeah. week's podcast where we talk about the news of the week, we might not even mention any of this. So as of now, it's yeah. kind of hard to tell. We've told our opinions on this. We've told what we shared this news, but that that's about it. Like, there's not much else to say. We just kind of have to wait to see if this will escalate or if it'll kind of die down or we don't know what's true and what's not. In the end, we're just two guys running a podcast that don't even know Jeff Johns. We love his work for like Green Lanterns and Flash and Justice League, so on and so forth. But we don't know the guy personally. So we just kind of have to wait and see a bit more. 
lighter news, like I guess. <laughs> Henry Cavill talked about Superman recently during an interview revolving The Witcher Season 2. He is back to filming, and during the interview he was asked about Superman, and he stated that he's seen people online talk about, oh, Man of Steel 2 is coming back, Superman Henry Cavill's going to return to the role, and that these talks are not indeed happening. He doesn't really know if he will be returning or not, but he really wants to return. He loves Superman as a character. He loves playing Superman. If DC offered him a role, he will take it. But as of right now, nothing's really confirmed yet. And he he does we, appreciate everyone talking about it, though. Can we get an F in the chat for all of my Man of Steel 2 uh, hopers? Because yep. it's brutal uh, living through <laughs> this. I mean, you know... I, I just Henry is, you know, the perfect cast as Superman. Say what you will about his characterization, whatever. That's, you know, up to opinion. But him as a person is like literally looks like Superman. And, you know, like there's just so much to him that's like so perfect. He loves the role. Like he's not one of those guys who, you know, Harrison Ford like hates Star Wars and stuff, right? So yeah. you know, he's not actively trying to make more pictures unless there's money involved. Henry genuinely loves Superman as a character, and that's so awesome to see. I mean, mm-hmm. he like read superman comics like that's badass and dc is giving him nothing to work with it's such a shame and now it's sad that those man of steel 2 rumors that we heard what like a month month or two back that we even talked about on the podcast are false that definitely a heartbreaker but I don't yeah know. I, I like i feel i felt like dc fandom was gonna be the place where they announced man of steel 2 but now i guess not and it could I still be I, guess, <sighs> I mean hangry will be a part of dc fandom i think right Maybe did he post about that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess part of the Snyder stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, he didn't post about DC fandom at all. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it still happened because the Snyder cut is coming out, and he's going to be in that with new scenes and everything. And he did he did say in the interview that he wants us all to continue to talk about him as Superman because the more we talk about, it, the more Warner Brothers will realize oh, people really do want Henry back as Superman. So, although, don't claim these things as facts, but continue to talk about Hangry as Superman. Continue to appreciate him, and then he says that's the only... At this point, that might be the only way. Sadly. So, we will continue to talk about Hangry on this podcast whenever there's news, or whenever we really want to. In the end, this episode here. Wait, alone. we we really love Henry. Like, I, like Hunter and I have talked about this before. Like, I'm genuinely not interested in actors. I, you know, I don't really care about their lives. Henry seems like one of those actors that, like, I, I genuinely enjoy. Like all of his posts. Like he seems like he lives an interesting life because he just, like, it doesn't seem like he even cares about being a celebrity. Like he just no. wants to work out, <laughs> hang out with his dog, and play some games. Like that. That's so awesome to me. Yeah, he's just like a regular guy. It seems like he just also happens to. Yeah, and he's and he's a he's nerd, a- which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, he's just a fun guy. So, we really hope that he returns to Superman sooner rather than later. I feel like the only way to find out for sure is with DC fandom. So, we'll just have to wait and see. It's it's crazy that Man of Steel was seven years ago. Like, seven years without a sequel. And I know you could say BVS is kind of a sequel. But seven years without a Man of Steel sequel. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it sucks. It sucks a lot. So, now we just have to wait and see. Going on to comic news, Scott Lobdell, writer of Red Hood for the past nine years, is officially off the book as of Red Hood and the Outlaws issue 50. We've known that for a while now, but it now seems that he won't actually be returning to any books afterwards. Seems like Red Hood and the Outlaws might be his only, his last book for at least a little while here. Uh, No confirmation of other books is he coming on to. A lot of people are straight up saying that Scott Lobdell will no longer be a part of DC after this. So... 
Is that good or is that yeah, bad? This is, um, <laughs> this is kind of surprising, but also not that surprising. I mean, it, it seemed like his time was kind of, you know, he, before Flash Forward happened, I thought like, all right, once he's done with Red Hood, he's kind of done with DC, and then mm-hmm. Flash Forward happened. But yeah, it seems like, you know, it, it seems like his time had just come where, you know, he'd been working with DC for a while. I mean, it, it feels like he's like one of the only few writers that was still on from like the new 52 main core of writers. Cause you remember in the new 52, he was writing a bunch of different books. Yeah. Teen, Teen Titans, Titans, Superman, uh, Red, Red Hood. Hood. Uh, I think Superboy at some point, like he was working on, you know, a few different books. So it felt like he was like one of the big, like four writers in the new 52. And then he kind of just held Red Hood during rebirth did flash forward and all that. Mm-hmm. And now he looks like he's done. And yeah, I mean, like you think some of those other big new 52 writers they're all kind of gone they've kind of moved on from that time at dc so literally yeah. i guess he's you know kind of like one of the last parts of that but uh you know scott scott was always nice to us he came on the show once and uh you know he's always been kind of to both of us over instagram so uh i definitely wish him the best i know he does like some creator owned series and stuff and i know he writes movie scripts he for example he wrote uh, happy death day so um, I'm sure he'll do, you know, other good things and, uh, yeah, kind of just wish him the best, you know? Yeah. We'll agreed. see what happens with Red Hood. I, I kind of feel like Red Hood is going to go on hiatus for a little bit, not for too long, but I think at least for a period, they're going to do no Red Hood book. Yeah. I, I don't we don't know. Jumping straight to 51. Like there's no solicitations for 51 yet. There wouldn't be if there, if 51 was coming out yet, we just got to wait another month here, but I don't see the book continuing. I feel like Lovedell's going to kind of put an ending to it here. So I, I would kind of prefer that, to be honest. As much as I would like to see another writer's take on Red Hood, I feel like like Jason Todd's time is kind of up now. Like, just put him away for a little yeah. bit. Have him appear in Batman here and there. He's going to be in Three Jokers, but I feel like by the time this book ends, Three Jokers will still be going on, so we'll still have some Jason Todd for a little bit. And maybe the end of Three Jokers will set up Jason Todd for something else. Maybe a new series, where it's not Red Hood and the Outlaws, it's just Red Hood. So we'll have to wait and see. Until then... Thanks, Lubdell, for nine years of Red Hood. It's 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 still crazy to me that it was nine years. I mean, the only writer to keep on their book from New Fifty Two to Rebirth, and uh, him and Joshua Williamson were the only two Rebirth writers to stay on from the beginning to now. So crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, end of Rebirth it seems like. Last bit of common news is Marvel's X Men series coming out called the X of Swords event will be twenty four issues long. 24 issues of X-Men, and this came out about two weeks ago, but we didn't really cover it here because we didn't realize how long it was. But, so, this is Marvel's, I guess, 2020 X-Men event. So, they're doing their regular event, which is Empire, which started last week. And then, they're also doing an X-Men event, which will span through all the X-Men books, including a few others. So, issue one and two will be two prelude books. That will begin Excalibur number 12 and X-Men number 12. After that... The whole series begins of chapter one being an actual new comic called X of Swords Creation. So that's X of Swords Creation number one. And then after that, the next few issues will issue two will be an X Factor number four, three Wolverine number six, four X Force number 13, five Martyrs number 13, six Hellions number five, seven New Mutants number 13, eight Cable number five, nine Excalibur number 13, 10 X Men number 13, and then 11 X of Swords again. So, why? <laughs> Sorry, when comic companies I, do this, it's just 
Why? You know, I, I, I've said this before that to me it feels like Hickman and the X crew are kind of writing for future omnibuses. Yeah. You know, like every book kind of plays into each other and, you know, it feels like you need to read like the whole saga together. It, it just feels like, you know, one day you're going to go back and, you know, 10 years of the X books or however long they go, you're going to be able to read it in a bunch of omnibuses and be like, wow, this is a great story. It all connects. But for now, reading it single <laughs> issue is just so tough. It's going to be difficult for us if we're going to... Do you plan on reading this event? I I don't. I kind of fell out of X-Men. I was enjoying it, but I was also very confused, so... Yeah. Are you are you dropping X-Men, then, do you think? I, I'm, I've i still picked up the last few issues, but I, I just... I feel very out of the loop. Like, it feels like things are happening in other X-Books that they don't, like... You know, like, the, they'll kind of, like, say something happened, and then I'll just be like, uh, oh okay i guess that happened in another x book like it's not even like the like if you want to see what happened there read this book you know like comics do so yeah i don't know i I felt kind of lost even even though i've enjoyed it i feel kind of lost x-men number three had uh professor x dead but then number four he was alive yeah and we didn't see him die we didn't see him come back to life it's just like oh yeah he's dead huh so as jd and i we just read x-men right now so if we were to continue to read x-men issue 12 to uh issue 15 of x-men will be all tie-ins to this event but not just like tie-ins they're actual chapters so like for example oh we'll read x-men number 13 that's part 10 of this event and then issue 15 that's part 21 of this event so yeah it, it, it seems to me like um like during the batman nightfall or batman no man's land saga right where it was tying in with you know, five different bat books, mm-hmm. Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, Birds of Prey, right? If you were just reading Batman at the time and not reading, you know, Detective Comics, not reading Batman, Son of Azrael, or Azrael, whatever, uh, Shadow of the Bat and all that, like if you weren't reading all those books, the story didn't really make sense. So that, that's what it kind of feels like to me, like those massive crossovers that are awesome, right? Now, I love Nightfall and I love No Man's Land, but I couldn't imagine reading it in single issue and just reading one of the books. Yeah, exactly. With Empire, at least, Empire has their issue one, two, three, four. And then there's also like the Avengers are having like a tie in and Captain America and Iron Man. But those are tie ins, at least. They're not part one, part two kind of thing. So you don't necessarily have to read it. You should to get the whole story, but you don't have to. Same with Death Metal, DC's event going on right now. So Death Metal seven issues, I believe we're going to get it like Justice League tying into this and probably Teen Titans. But in the end, you don't have to read those. They're tie-ins to help you understand the story a bit more, but they're not exactly necessary. It seems like with yeah. this X-Men event, you need to read everything, which makes it a little difficult. Yeah. So, uh-oh. I'll probably... I, I want to stay on X-Men. I've been really enjoying X-Men right now. And for this event, actually, the artist... Oh, I forget his name. He was on um, Teeny Howard, I think. He did the House and Powers of X art. He's returning for this event. And his art is incredible. Uh. So I kind of want to read it, but I I don't want to drop X-Men, but I do. So I'll probably stay on. I'll be the confusing one on the podcast trying to explain what's going on. <laughs> Pointing at a bunch of graphics. Godspeed, paper. my friend. Yeah, I'll try. Oh, rest in peace. I'll try. Uh, last bit of news is when I went to my comic shop this week, I just picked up some trades. I didn't because no comics were up, but I ended up getting some trades. Uh my comic shop owner, he had a little conversation with me saying, you're screwed, Hunter, because you read DC Comics. I'm like, huh, what is that supposed to mean? So DC Comics, 
during quarantine when there weren't comics going on, I guess they stopped working with Diamond. We don't know why. Yep. I couldn't even. I tried looking it up. I don't know why. But Diamond, for those that don't know, is the shipping company. They get all the comics that are released and they ship them out to every comic store worldwide. Being so, then everyone has these new comics the day they release. So, for example, the only DC comic released this week was Supergirl. If you read Supergirl and you go to a comic store, chances are you would see that there if they're still with Diamond. The thing is, they changed to a different company. I can't remember what it's called. And maybe I shouldn't say it because I'm about to badmouth this company here. But they were uh, <laughs> they were a comic store that ended up ordering way too many comics that they were selling. So instead of just keeping them on the shelves, they decided, hey, we should just order more of these and ship them out. Become our own shipping company. I don't know where the comic store is located. I know it's in America, though. So they ended up ordering a ton is it, more comics. Is it, is it, wait, is it is it through New York? Is it through Midtown Comics or no? It is. I think it is. That's what I thought I had read. It is, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so Midtown Comics is like a gigantic comic distributor who like mails comics to people. You get like subscriptions through them. Mm-hmm. And they have like a big base in uh, Times Square in New York. Okay. And yeah, the, I, okay, I, the, okay. now I'm putting two and two together here. So yeah, since they're such a big distributor and they already mail comics to people, I think DC thought, well, why not make them our distributor instead of going through Diamond Comics, mm-hmm. which is a lot to put on them for like the entire country and well, world other countries as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so okay, n- that makes sense now. So it's Midtown Comics, but now that's troubling for Canada and uh, other countries that are not the US. Yeah, so the reason this is, is because now this new company, they don't just have like, oh, I want you to ship out these like three series. They have to ship out all of DC. And so for countries like Canada, where you have to cross the border for that, they're struggling there. So my comic shop owner, he was on the phone for a while trying to talk with them, and they straight up told him, things are going to be delayed until we get used to this for DC. Because for some, I don't know why, but they have, they're really struggling to cross the Canadian border with these comics. And they need to get to like basically every city that has a comic store. My city that I live in alone has like 20 comic stores. So they kind of got to go through all that. And even worldwide shipping, like I was in Australia in February and I went to a comic store and they're on a Wednesday and I saw all the comics that were released, including DC Comics. So now with this new company, I feel like those comics won't arrive to places like Australia anytime soon. Especially Canada might be a few days delayed. Australia might be a few months delayed, if anything. I still haven't gotten last week's Batman issue from that, from like physically. I had to order that online. So it's kind of a struggle now. This actually happened once with Marvel Comics in the 90s. So in the 90s, Marvel didn't want to do with Diamond either for a little bit. So they went with a different company and it was a disaster. All their stuff were delayed. Everything was getting delayed. Nothing arrived on time. That's even in America, too. So they ended up stopping after about three months of that and going back to Diamond. So hopefully DC does the same thing. Because as of now, I went to the comic store and got a huge yeah. warning. <laughs> well, so so from what I've heard, them breaking off from Diamond is not a bad thing. It's actually supposed to be a good thing because it's eliminating the monopoly that Diamond was because there was no outside distribution. Now, that does have ramifications for like people like you who will now get delayed comics, but I think once Midtown kind of figures out the game and, you know, it might have a little bit of a rough period, but eventually they'll get to where Diamond was and kind of distribute comics well and on time and all that. So um, that's my guess of how it's going to go. I don't think DC wants to go back to Diamond to kind of break up that monopoly. And if things with Midtown go well, you may even see other comic companies leave Diamond uh, distribution. Yeah, I mean, right now we can only wait until I hope they get. 
I hope they get the hang of it sooner rather than later. Because I don't like oh, to I, read I, I agree, too. I mean, I mean, technically, the comics are supposed to be coming out on Tuesday. Yeah, My shop DC. doesn't get them till Wednesday. Yeah. So. And you're, like, right basically in New York, right? Don't you live in, like, Times Square or something? <laughs> I do not live in the whole. A lot of foreigners happen to think that if you live in New York, you live in Times Square. Now, I don't know. I, I do live in New York, but uh, I live probably like, I don't know, like three hours away from Times Square. But I don't know if they're actually shipping them from Times Square. I would assume they're shipping them from somewhere else. But either yeah, way, I do live in New York, and my shop is getting them on Wednesday as opposed to Tuesday. And really, a lot of their uh, shippings have been messed up the last few weeks. So they've actually been getting them later, like Thursday. But. Uh, yeah, I hope Midtown gets the hang of it and doesn't delay things such as this podcast because we rely on Hunter getting comics. <laughs> yeah, I had to realign or something. But I there's also this comic store in my area. It's called uh, Wonder Harbor. They, they're about like a 40-minute drive, 30-minute drive from my house. So it's a bit of a trek because my regular shop is like a five-minute drive. So that's where I usually go. But it is the biggest comic store in my city. It is massive in there. And ah. usually when my regular shop, if they, like, miss an order or something, I always go there because they always have, like, 20 copies of every variant. So yeah. they always have stuff on time. So I feel like, if anything, they might get the stuff on time. I don't know. They they have, like, secret insiders or something. It's a huge store. Still, still <laughs> it, would, it would suck that the small shop near your house would suffer because of that and, you know, yeah. possibly lose your business because of that. I mean, obviously, you have a pretty good relationship with the guy who owns your shop and all that. Yeah, I've been going for the past, like, 10 plus years. More than that. 10, more than 10 years. And it's always been just one guy running the store. Like, I've never seen another yeah. employee there. Granted, I only go on, like, Wednesdays, occasionally Thursdays if I miss it. But... I've only ever seen this one guy. Here, so yeah, it's it's scary, but hopefully he stays in business. He survived the COVID quarantine era, so I feel like he's good. But yeah, that yeah, that's it for the news of the week. Twenty five minutes in, time yeah. to time to do the podcast in conversation style instead of planning style. Uh, Secret crisis. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So secret crisis. So um. There have been people who have theorized about a Marvel and DC crossover and called it Secret Crisis. Uh, our very own comic book hunter actually made a bet about it that it would get announced in 2020. <laughs> Little did he know COVID might derail that. But uh, yeah. after, you know, Doomsday Clock uh, teased the Secret Crisis, uh, Jason Aaron's, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Donny Cates' Thor teased DC Comics. There's been little things here and there. Uh, for a while, Scott Snyder and Jason Aaron, who were writing at the time Justice League and Avengers, we're talking about like a crossover you know there's been a lot of like breadcrumbs here and there so we've been thinking like what if we get a crossover so we're essentially going to pitch a crossover our friend uh comic nation 1776 uh aka clayton he's doing like a little like challenge where you do a post of like what you would do for a pitch either like a tie-in or like the main series and uh yeah we thought that was a pretty good pretty good idea so we're gonna do yeah. it on the uh on the show kind of on the fly here i mean i wrote out a little bit of stuff i don't know if you did but nope. uh <laughs> <laughs> um so essentially uh do you want me to go first or do you want to go first uh go for it maybe i'll add some things to your story and you can add some things to mine but yeah go for it Let's fair it. okay so uh my idea of secret crisis so i think the main series would be eight issues i mean that's flexible if it needed to be a little bit less or a little bit more but i think eight is a pretty good uh chunk for a uh series like that okay. um i i think the villains to me i feel like you should go with your big two and i think it should be thanos and dark side you know there's always been the similarities and i think it'll be an epic team up now 
I want the team up to be very, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but very metal. I want them to combine the infinity stones with the anti-life equation and see what happens there. Right. That's a Scott Snyder concept coming somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I, I think that would be pretty interesting to see those two as the main villains. And that's a pretty big, you know, roster to go against. Um, so obviously they have like minions and stuff that they're going to use between uh, dark sides. Uh, wow. I'm already blanking on the name. What, what are his things called? Uh, like his uh, parademons. Parademons. There you go. Parademons. <laughs> and I believe Thanos also has uh, like minions that he uses, right? His goons. Let's just call them goons. Cause I can't his goons. remember. <laughs> His goons. All right, so they both have their goons, so that leaves a lot for the heroes to take care of. So I think the main teams would be the Justice League and the Avengers. Um, yeah. But I would sense. also want sub teams uh, for the main battles to be the Titans and the Fantastic Four and uh, the Outsiders and the X Men. I feel like the Outsiders and the X Men oh. could be a really cool team up. Interesting. Outsiders is very I don't know small. If you, if you agree. But X Men. I know the Outsiders big, are very so. small. That's why I would kind of want it to be a core X Men team as opposed to like all the X Men. Okay. Who's on that so team? What, so, you know, maybe like four or five X-Men. All right, let's hear the um, team name. You know, you go, on. Who's on the team? Wolverine, Professor X, Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Beast, maybe. I don't know. Okay. And then so, something like that. Where it's just like a, like the yeah, the Outsiders would just be the current team, I guess, minus Batman. But okay, so and you could add a few people, too. There's been a few... There's, there's been a few members of the Outsiders who have like floated in and out over the yeah. years. So I guess there's um, right now Outsiders is Black Lightning, Katana, Orphan, Signal. Yeah, that's about it for you know, besides Batman. Yeah, so some, some, so maybe we can you know add some other people to the Outsiders. But um, so they got to take down Thanos and Darkseid, who have the Infinity Stones and the Anti Life Equation, and they're trying to mix them. Um, I, I feel like there's an interesting plot there of kind of trying to save Earth. I, I would picture it taking place in the marvel universe that way the infinity stones work okay yeah because i feel like, like the anti because i feel like the anti-life equation can work no matter where dark side is but i feel like the stones need to be in the marvel universe so um the way i kind of picture uh the dc P- uh, heroes arriving on the marvel universe is the same is like um the marvel realizes that um thanos is teaming up with someone new they don't know obviously who dark side is but uh, they, they need. They know they are going to need backup, so they're kind of doing a call through the multiverse. And okay. the person who answers the call is the Just League, you know. And they're able to go through the portal, and they kind of discover each other. And they, like, I, I can picture kind of like a whole issue of kind of just the Just League and Avengers getting to know each other. Like, yeah, holy crap, you guys are heroes too. I, you know, <laughs> like, is this is this another Earth or something? And I, and I kind of want it to be where it's not like a because I don't want you know the Marvel universe to exist exist in the DC universe and the DC universe to exist in the Marvel universe as like a parallel world. I would want it to be like some kind of vibrational frequency or something like that, like a, a one okay. in a million chance that we ended up here, you know. So, so that way you can't like always revisit the concept. Well, did you um, did you hear Scott Snyder's yeah. pitch that he thought to cross over? No, no. What was Scott Snyder's? So he wanted them to cross over after No Justice. And he was really pitching this, and he wanted the end of No Justice to be they op- they find the like they're at the source wall. It's broken. They actually accidentally break it even more, and on the other side of the source wall is the Marvel universe. That's what he was pitching. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. So that could be one way of doing. Yeah, it. I could. I, I yeah, you could also do it something like through Perpetua, like you know, Perpetua is the mother of all the universes. So mm-hmm. 
she has access to other things like Marvel. I don't know. Something cool like that. That'd be cool. But yeah. either way, um, I, I don't want the, the DC and Marvel guys to fight right away. I kind of actually pictured them getting along right away. I, you know, like how every like hero team that meets another hero team, like, they immediately they go fight. to fight. And it, like, I always, I, I always found that stupid. I, mean, I always sells. Think, like, we're both heroes. Why we're, we're, we're both heroes. Why wouldn't we get along? Um, yeah. I could see it kind of being a friendly rivalry, but I, I don't think they would be like enemies. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of pictured like the leaders of the team like taking over. So, um, you know, Martian Manhunter and Black Panther right away, like getting together and coordinating the teams, like realizing like, like DC, the DC guys are chasing Darkseid through the, through the, you know, say through the source wall. They want to know where he went and that leads them to the Marvel universe. And then the Marvel guys realize that Thanos is teaming up with someone new. It must be Darkseid, right? So now we need to use our combined forces. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I feel like DC would want to call backup from the Titans, the Outsiders, whatever other team and heroes, you know, I think the Odyssey, whatever. I think it would be pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like from there you kind of got a story to go through where um, Darkseid and Thanos, I, like I picture them working so well together. I don't picture them like trying to cheat each other. Okay. Um, uh, an alternate to Thanos and Darkseid, I could see Doctor Doom and Lex Luthor together. Would be pretty. That cool. would be great. Wow, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that would be really. Yeah, good. I, I feel like that, that. That that would be some world domination. Maybe, maybe if it could be like a kind of combined uh, team, but I, either way, it would be pretty cool to get uh, any of those guys in as villains. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the series from there kind of just writes itself. It's a cool mega crossover. Um, now, I would want it to be written by uh, Scott Snyder, and I think the Marvel equivalent to him. I, I know Jason Aaron's the one that comes to mind, but I almost think Donny Cates is the one to go with it because he kind of does those big mega crossovers with the Venomverse and all that. So yeah, um, I feel like that could be a pretty cool team. It would be a very metal team, but it, it would be a pretty cool team. Um, the artist would, of course, be just the best of Marvel and the best of DC. It would be a pretty book. Um, and then uh, here's the like the kind of the last part of my pitch. Um, I, I kind of like the idea of, uh, you know how like DC's is doing like the 99 cent mini tie-ins that are like digital only. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it'd be cool to do something like that for little team ups. So, like the one that I pitched on my Instagram would be Captain America and Jay Garrick. Cause that's a cool team. Yeah. So I, I feel like you could do little mini books, uh, 99 cent, you know, 10 or 11 pages and, you know, digital only or whatever. And then you eventually print them in a trade one day and just like mini team ups of like characters that we always wanted to see. So I see some, you know, uh, heroes working together, Captain America and Jay Garrick. I could also see some villains working together. So like Emma Frost and Gorilla Grodd, I don't know, like there could be some cool stuff going <laughs> on. When you're both, you know, uh, telepathic. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, they're both yeah, telepathic. No, so I feel like uh, yeah. Good, cool, good but... point. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So, uh, so, so yeah, so that's kind of my secret crisis pitch. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like obviously it has a lot of potential to be cool. I think it would sell like crazy. Okay. And uh, yeah. So I that's, that's have much. a question that I'm going to ask you, but I don't want you to ask to answer it right away because I'll do my pitch first and then I answer it after. How would it end? Okay. So answer that in a second. Okay. I'm going to pitch mine real quick. I'm kind of taking ideas I'll from keep it with him. <laughs> the very first comic event that I ever read that I was so excited for when I was announced and I read all issue to issue right when they came out. I remember I had them come straight to my house. I had a little thing that I got for Christmas where a little like, I, I can't remember. I can't think of the name mailing list thing where the issue would show up on my doorstep the day they came out. It's actually a few days after they came out cause Canada, but I was so excited. It is the Sonic and Mega Man comic crossover. It's called worlds collide. And I love that so much. <laughs> 
Okay, it is like it's so good. I love. It's like two thousand nine, maybe. I I can't remember the year off the top. Maybe I feel like it might be even newer than that. But I was so excited. It was before I got fully into superhero comics. I was just reading like a little bit here and there, like events. Like I read Hush. I read uh, Killing Joke and stuff like that. So in this crossover, which I'm gonna kind of take ideas from. Uh, so I want Marvel and DC. I kind of want their universes to take place in like half of it in DC and half of it in Marvel. And so mm-hmm. I do like the idea of using the Infinity Stones in the Marvel universe, but I still want them to come to DC. I love to see like Daredevil go through Gotham City. So in doing so, I do something like I said before with Scott Snyder's pitch with the source wall opening to the Marvel universe. But instead of just the Marvel universe, I would have it like a little pocket dimension. Just a little universe in between both universes. And in that little universe in the middle, you could do whatever you want. You are a god there. Like, you could say, like, hey, I want a pizza, and a pizza will appear in front of you. Well, in this case, it'd be more like weapons and stuff. Because I want Darkseid to find this in the source wall. Mm-hmm. Darkseid or some sort of villain. So I'll just say Darkseid. I was originally thinking Luther, but I'll, I'll say Darkseid just to kind of connect with yours. And I feel like he would we would work good with Thanos. So eventually he's uh-huh. in this universe and Thanos in the Marvel universe, he finds the Spock universe as well. And he sees Darkseid's been using it. They meet, they, there's like maybe like a three page fight scene of them fighting each other. And then they realize that they both kind of want the same thing. Shake hands, agree, show each other the universes, be like, hey, this is the DC universe. This is the Marvel universe. Man, those pesky Justice League, that pes- those pesky Avengers. So just kind of like cheesy stuff like that. <laughs> That's just like the first issue. I want like a prelude. And then I was thinking 12 issues. Just because I want more. Okay. <laughs> so, like a prelude book. So you want it to span over like a whole year. Yeah, I'd want like a year of this. Yeah, because I guess okay. they'd be monthly. Uh, eventually, uh, I think the villains. Well, um, unless they do it like House of X, Powers of X style, where they just crank that out weekly. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe they'll do like six months and just make it bi-weekly. I, I want it to look good though. I, I mean, Powers of X and House of X looks amazing, but I just want. I don't. I don't want it rushed. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, eventually. Um, they end up using these different things in this pocket universe and they end up se- sending some heroes from one universe to the other without realizing it. So maybe they're doing something in this pocket universe and it creates like a glitch, like they create a shatter in the source wall again and it makes it so like it affects the universe. So maybe all of a sudden Spider-Man swinging through New York and then a flash of light appears. He's still swinging through New York, but there's like an ad for something in Metropolis. And he's like, that's not the- Metropolis. That doesn't exist. I went to school. Yeah. That That's not on the map. So something like that where all of a sudden these characters are appearing in different areas. I know you say that it happens all the time, but I wouldn't mind a fight between hero and hero. Eventually, okay. for whatever reason, they heroes find out what's happening and they all meet together. The Avengers Justice League meet. And I can imagine an amazing splash page of these characters meeting. Of maybe Superman and Captain America shaking hands eventually. And then they decide, oh, Darkseid and... Uh, Thanos are working together, we gotta take them down, blah blah blah, and go from there. I do like your idea of team-ups, like Outsiders and X-Men, Titans and Fantastic Four, although I would probably make just one big team, and everyone's trying to recruit each other. So I posted on Instagram, like, my pitch for uh, Jon Stewart recruiting, like, Venom to join their cause. Or I'd want something like, maybe Tim Drake stumbles upon Miles Morales and convinces Miles, like, hey, you should join us in this fight. Because I want like maybe like the last three, last two or three issues to be like a huge war between villain and hero. Because I eventually want Darkseid and Thanos to start recruiting villains as well. So characters like Taskmaster and Deathstroke would be working together on a mission to take out some people, kind of thing. 
eventually, uh-huh. uh, I would want Thanos. Because for those who don't know, Thanos in the comics, he got these Infinity Stones because he wanted to impress Death, Lady Death. He didn't do it because he wanted balance in the universe. Balance in the universe makes more sense. But in the end, it's canon that he just wanted to impress Death. So I want that Thanos here. And he starts to realize maybe Darkseid wants like the whole world to be like Apocalypse. He wants him. He wants to rule the world, but he wants everyone to be like his slave and everything like that. He wants the anti-life uh-huh. equation because he wants whatever he wants. And Thanos thinks that's a little crazy. Like that's a, maybe a little too far kind of thing. He wants to do his thing, but the thing Darkseid wants is a little too far. Maybe Darkseid, he doesn't want to just control the DC universe. He wants to control the Marvel universe too. And he wants Thanos to join him, but Thanos, he just kind of wants his side of the plate. So I kind of want some tension in that way where maybe the last issue they have an argument where Thanos is saying that Darkseid is insane. Like this, you're not just like doing this for your, you're just doing this for yourself, but you're also like, you're killing millions and millions and millions of people. You're, you're destroying these universes. You're not trying to be king. You're trying to destroy everything. And that's insane. And I want Thanos to be kind of like the smarter guy in this situation where Darkseid is more insane. And that's showing like uh-huh. the two sides of the villain, where Marvel's villains tend to be a bit more dictator, while DC villains are a bit more crazy. So I wanted to show that kind of opposite attraction there. Eventually, uh, how would you end yours? That your story. I mean, obviously, it has to end with the villain's defeat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I, I kind of picture like the typical, you know, hero's ending where the day is saved the heroes did their job and they could kind of go back to where they came from and you know they'll always remember you know like i kind of picture like batman coming up with like contingency plans for the entire avengers roster you know like that <laughs> like it like kind of like showing like what each character has done since their crossover with the marvel universe right so that's cool uh t- tony stark's plans to uh to plan for um you know future multiverse invaders and uh, S- Superman's notes of leadership from Captain America and mm-hmm. Captain America's notes of, you know, uh, being a hero from Superman and then, you know, Batman's contingency plans for the Avengers and like all that, you know, like each hero kind of like what they took away from the crossover, you know, and obviously it doesn't have to play into canon in the future, but, you know, it's kind of like a, I think, kind of like cool fan service at the end, you know. I know yeah. the Bat fanboys would love, you know, Batman <laughs> having contingency plans against the, the entire Avengers. I could already see every fact page making a fact about that. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So just kind of like a happy-go-lucky ending kind of thing. Everyone's back to normal. Yeah, that's kind of the way I see yeah. it. And like, you know, I, I think they all kind of have different experiences from it. So, you know, uh, and, and then you could even kind of like tease another one happening, you know, even if it doesn't happen, you know, where... Thanos and Darkseid or Lex and Doom like realize the error in their ways and they know how they're going to do it right next time, you know. Mm-hmm. The next one's going to be bigger and bad or whatever. And, uh, yeah. I would... I okay. I would have mine where Darkseid and Thanos, they actually were winning for the most part. And I want, like, cities to be destroyed. Like, ah. Metropolis is maybe destroyed or New York is on fire kind of thing. And I wanted to get to the point where the heroes realize they gotta, like, reset this kind of thing. And they find out a way where they could reset it, but it would make them maybe forget. That would help with, like, continuity, because I know for reasons they wouldn't be able to, like... Batman mentioned Iron Man's name in a future comic, because they might have to get the rights to Marvel. So, something to do with Infinity Stones. I don't know what DC would do. Maybe DC would also do the Infinity Stones, but classic, like, Iron Man snaps his fingers and it resets the Marvel Universe kind of thing. So, he Uh does that, 
and it resets and everything goes back to before Thanos went to the source wall and Thanos met Darkseid. So everything's completely mm-hmm. back to normal as if that never happened. Then after he does that, Batman has to do it or someone else. He Maybe he puts on the gauntlet and he has to do it for his universe. So he goes to snap his fingers, but right before he does it, uh, right when he or right when he does it, Darkseid maybe uses his Omega Beans and hits Batman's like knees or something, injuring him, making oh. Batman lose focus. Right when he snaps, DC Universe resets, but with a soft reboot. So things oh, are different. So when everything goes back to normal for DC, there's a little bit different things just to fix up some things if they needed it. I know right now DC is a little bit of a mess. Maybe this would be a way to bring back the classic DC and maybe get rid of a lot of New Fifty Two things if needed, but. It's just an idea for another reboot kind of thing. Not reboot, like a soft reboot. I don't yeah, want everything to restart, rebirth, of course. Yeah. yeah, rebirth. So yeah, something like that. And then of course a ton of mini issues like you're talking about like the ten issue stuff, tie ins but not needed to read. I like the idea of like Guardians of the Galaxy and Green Lantern Core, maybe stuff like that. So yeah. Ah. Uh, that's a yeah. secret crisis by us. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool crossover. I also think, like like I said, Snyder and Donny Cates, because I think it's more realistic, but if I could have like my dream team, it would be Hickman and Jeff Johns. I can only imagine putting those two minds together, what you would get. I imagine it would be amazing. I feel like Hickman and Jeff Johns is realistic for an event this big, because, I mean, Jeff Johns at Flashpoint, and he did uh, DC Universe Rebirth, he did Doomsday Clock, he's doing Three Jokers, and Hickman, he did secret wars and he's doing stuff with the x-men now so i feel like that is realistic for event this major so those would yeah, be my two yeah, choices I I just, I just mean both, both writers are very busy but yeah no I, mm-hmm. that, that would be really cool yeah um but yeah that's kind of our secret crisis uh pitch i guess um so yeah um cool. so i guess for um more on the podcast now we're gonna go to uh uh, kind of how we made our way through a hero story. Uh, so um, when Hunter and I were thinking of ideas for this episode, I had mentioned like, oh, maybe we could talk about like kind of how our comics reading and comic history and all that has kind of progressed over the years. So like, um, for example, with me, when I was a kid, I never read comics and my favorite superhero was Spider-Man because like every kid born in the late 90s or 2000s, I watched the Raimi movies and it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but obviously my favorite hero is not Spider-Man today. So, you know, how did that change? So I figured that would be kind of like a cool timetable to go over. So, okay. um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll try it. So uh, I, I guess I'll start with myself. Um, as I mentioned before, um, I did not read comics as a kid. I, I didn't actually get into comics until I was about, I want to say like 13. Uh, thir- 13 was about the age. And that's where I kind of got my exposure to comics. Now, as a kid, my fa- favorite superhero was always Spider-Man. And like I said, because of the Raimi films, they Mine definitely too. like, like yeah. I remember watching them all the time and I had like the little uh, DVD for it, like on my PSP. I don't know if you ever owned a PSP, but you could watch movies on them. And uh, I always watched Spider-Man one and two on there. Like it, it was always awesome. You know, I watched on like car trips and stuff. So uh, Spider-Man was always my favorite hero. You know, I love Tobey Maguire and all that, but I never got into comics. Um, now I remember when I was like 12 or 13, um, my parents were introducing me to the uh, 60s Batman show with Adam West. And uh, I was like, wow, it's really cheesy, but it's also really cool. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that made me kind of spark an interest in Batman. And I had seen like the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, or uh, up to that point, 
I don't know if remember if Dark Knight Rises had come out at that point, but I had seen, you know, the Dark Knight Batman Begins. I had seen the Keaton films and the Schumacher films. So I don't know. Batman had never really been on my radar, but for some reason, the Adam West family, uh, Adam West family, the Adam West show really stuck with me and made me like want to read Batman and Robin. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So uh, what my what my uh, mom recommended, because she's a big library user. Shout out to the libraries because they're amazing. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, look up whatever comics you want to get and get them at the library. That way, you know, you don't have to buy them. You can, you know, kind of, you know, essentially rent them. You know, you see if they're for you. So I did that. And uh, I had no idea how to get into comics. I didn't even think of, like, you know, searching the Internet. So I kind of just typed into the search bar of the library database, like Batman <laughs> and then Batman and Robin. And uh, I got uh, Batman Hush was uh, one of the very, very early ones. So I was okay. like, okay, that's cool. I'll get that. Um, and prior to this, my my dad, when I was about like 10 or 11 years old, my dad had got me Batman and Son by Grant Morrison, which I talked about a little bit on the show before where, uh, you know, Batman kind of gets raped by Talia al Ghul. But, you know, at, at yeah. 10 or 11, I, that kind of went over my head. But um, <laughs> it was a very confusing book. And I, I remember not being that interested in it when I was 10 or 11. But since I was now 13, I wanted to kind of get more into comics. So I'm like, all right, I'll reread it. And I reread it. And it was still a little confusing because, you know, Damian Wayne beats the crap out of Tim Drake. And I didn't really understand why there were more than one Robin. I thought there was only one Robin and I thought his yeah. name was Dick. So I was very confused. And then I read Batman Hush and I'm like, wait, why do they keep calling this guy Dick? It was like a whole process. Same. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I read Batman Hush and I read Batman and some, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm starting to pick up a little bit more of the Batman mythos. So then uh, I read a few more bat books, which were, I think there were mostly Grant Morrison stuff. Um, there might have been some outliers, like some Judd Winnick or something like that, but m- mostly 2000s Batman. Uh, and then I stumbled across Nightwing. And I thought, wow, Nightwing is Robin grown up. That's cool. And I'm like, you know, Robin's a cool character. Maybe I'll get into him. So uh, I made the great choice of finding Nightwing Volume 1 by Chuck Dixon uh, at the library. And I read through the entire run because of that book because it really hooked me from the beginning. And I'm like, wow, Dixon's Nightwing, awesome. That's impressive. And it was the first run that I ever read. So I went from Spider-Man being my favorite character as a kid to Batman when I first started reading comics because it was kind of like by default. I was like, all right, Batman's cool, to being Nightwing because of the first run that I read. And then from there, I realized how many comics I could get from the library. So I just started getting everything from the library. And I started reading like all these different characters and – uh that's how i discovered mark wade's flash um the the flash had you know i, I had always liked him in uh you know the animated uh you know Series, movies Justice and stuff league. and yeah yeah like the just league show i loved that as a kid and you know i thought the flash was funny so uh the, actually the first flash book i ever got was flash wonderland by uh jeff johns i always say that's why like you know some people say like yeah it's an okay story it always has a special place in my heart because it was my first flash story so I read that. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I stumbled across Wade's run because of that. And I read through Wade's run and I missed pieces here and there, but I read the majority of it and stories like Born to Run and Return to Barry Allen just stuck out to me. And I went from Nightwing being my favorite character to Flash, Wally West being my favorite character. And since then, it's kind of just stuck with me. So I was like, you know, 15 years old reading that being like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, became my favorite character because of that. So, uh, okay from the ages of like 13 to like 15, I know I read so much in trade because of the library and I started then buying my own comics because I got a job at 14. So I started working. So I had money and uh, yeah, I started, you know, buying my own comics. It was great. And then uh, when rebirth started, I remember getting DC rebirth number one in like single issue. And that, that was a time where I didn't really read single issue. I mostly read trades. So uh, yeah, 
you know, for example, I, I read like most of the new 52 books that I read were in trade and I still own some of those trades today. Nice. So, uh, you know, I was really new to the single issue game, but getting DC Rebirth number one, you know, my jaw dropped seeing Wally West and all that, and I couldn't believe it. So um, that was like me kind of getting more into single issues. So I read Nightwing New 52 in single issue. So I decided to read uh, four titles in Rebirth in single issue Justice League, big mistake, All Star <laughs> Batman, also mistake, then uh, Nightwing and The Flash. Those so, are good. uh, those are the four books I read in single issue. The rest were in trades. But then I realized that being part of the Instagram comic community meant spoilers. Because now that I followed – in the beginning, I barely followed anyone on History of the Flash. And then I realized, like, oh, I could branch out and make some friends here. So I f- started following a lot of comic accounts. And I realized they post spoilers. So uh, the, the one that pushed me over the edge of switching from trades to single issues was the Batman and Catwoman proposal from uh, – uh, what Batman story was that? Was that uh, uh, Batman rooftops? Or Jackson Middles? A oh, ro- rooftops, yeah, yeah. So, so after that, I was like, okay, no more trades. I got to go to single issue. And then, not too long after that, we started the podcast, which led me to, you know, now I need single issues. I don't know if the if the podcast didn't exist, I don't know if I would go back to reading trades. I, I do enjoy reading trades. It it definitely allows for a you know more full story, and you don't have to go to the comic shop so often. But mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, so uh, that, that kind of leads me to where I am today. Uh, I read so many runs between the age of 13 to 15 that uh, from the ages of kind of like 17 to 19 and now I'm 20, I've been rereading a lot of those runs and to see like, you know, when I was a new reader versus now I'm an experienced reader, like how much, you know, my perception of it has changed and, you know, how many runs have gotten that much better. So like rereading stuff like Impulse and Young Justice and Dixon's Nightwing and Wade's Flash and all that, like it just it gets better and better as I become a more mature reader. And, it's probably uh, nostalgic. Yeah, too. that's kind of like my comic adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of nostalgia, you know, stories that I remember, and uh, yeah, so that kind of leads me to where I am today. I now co-run a podcast that's coming up on 100 episodes with about comic books, and I yeah. run a, uh, an Instagram page about the Flash that you know has been around for four years, and uh, yeah, I've, I've come a long way in reading comics. So, I had no idea yeah. that you started collecting like single issues like a few weeks before the podcast started. <laughs> like that's a few. Our like, oh yeah, fourth I, or fifth I, episode I, I, was about the wedding. I was really not a big uh, single issue reader. My my problem was that you know I always felt like they were kind of pricey, and I, I'm sure there was probably some kind of even thing. But I felt like getting trades was just cheaper. I don't know. To me, in my mind, it seemed cheaper. So instead I mean, of spending like you know twenty to twenty five a week. So, yeah. you know, just getting them like once a month or whatever, or once every two months. So, yeah, I read a lot of trades. I only read a few issues in single issue. Um, so that's why, yeah. And then I c- kind of just switched to single issue and I haven't looked back since. I mean, there's some series where I'll be like, oh, I'll wait for the trade. But, yeah, I'm mostly a single issue reader now. Huh. But like I said, if the podcast didn't exist, I don't know if I would read single I- uh, single issues. I think I would be mostly back in trade. Interesting. Would you? I feel like if the podcast didn't exist for me, I wouldn't read as much as I do. But uh-huh. I I love single issues like it's what I've been collecting most of my life. So I have a bookshelf with only yeah. We we, we were kind of the opposite. Like you have so many single issues and barely any trades. I had yeah. so many trades and barely any single issues. Yeah. Well, I I start reading comics. But, but I feel like what I would do what I would do is like you know read old trades and just like kind of do collector issues. So like if I wasn't buying single issues every week, I'd probably you know, own the first appearance of Wally West and get all like these first appearances and like key comics and CGC comics and stuff. Like mm-hmm. the only single issues I own would be like collector's items, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, yeah, for me, I was mostly single issues. I I grew up reading Sonic and Mega Man comics, and they don't really have many trades at all, unless it's like an event. So I would just pick up what the latest issue was for Sonic or Mega Man and go from there. I remember I wasn't really into Mega Man until I, I had to go on this road trip because I was going to the mountains, and it was like a six-hour drive on a bus for school. So I just, uh, mm. I remember picking up every Mega Man issue. Like, I asked my dad to buy me some Mega Man comics. So he got me, like, the first 20 issues, and I remember reading them all on the bus, being like, wow, this is really cool, because it's like, he's blue and Sonic's blue. <laughs> so I remember really enjoying that. I was in grade 7, 8, 9, 10, maybe? I, I can't remember. I think grade 9. But I remember really enjoying that. So when it came to superhero comics, I would buy the ones that look cool on the shelf of the comics store. So Batman Hush caught me eye right away. I don't know why. I guess Jim Lee's art is just so incredible. But I was like, whoa. Yeah. This is like a bigger comic than what I'm used to. Like, this is like for teenagers. Like, oh, oh, oh. So I ended up buying it and, um, or got a game from a gift again for something because I was, I was a child <laughs> and reading it and being very confused, but enjoying it. And then a few months later, rereading it, being still confused, but enjoying it. And eventually I ended up being like, okay, what the heck is going on? So I went on Wikipedia and I just looked up Batman. And I think I read every single word on that page. I read every single thing oh, about Batman. Oh, well, for me, for me as well, like in between the reading of comics, you know, uh, like I said, the comics were confusing to me when I started. So there was a lot of like, Hunter and I have joked about this before, the late nights on Wikipedia where you just can't stop reading and you just keep yeah. scrolling through and like reading all this history. Like I remember reading about like Dick Grayson and stuff that was like Elseworld stuff that they didn't really make it clear on the Wikipedia. So I was like, oh my God, all this happened. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, it was the same way. I'd be like, okay. So Batman is on the Justice League. Let's read about Justice League for a bit. So I click on that and then I start reading Justice League. I'm like, what the heck is... Okay, so Flash is on there. He's cool. So I click on Flash and I'm like, wait, there's more than one? Barry died in Crisis on Infinite. What's that? Click. (laughs) I just go on and on. And eventually I got an understanding of who these characters were. So I looked up... After that, I looked up... I really enjoy Hush, so... I searched what is the best Batman comic ever. Like I, that's literally the sentence that I did. Press enter, and I saw Killing Joke. So I'm like, okay, Killing Joke. So I got Killing Joke. Really enjoyed that as well. And then I ended up going on from there. I'm like, what? What other ones are really good? Long Halloween. Grab that. And then as I'm searching through these, I found news of a reboot for DC Comics, of uh, starting this very year. This was 2011 for me. So I was like, oh, interesting. I should. I should get into that because it's good for new readers. And I I feel like I know decent for Batman, but I don't really know anything else besides Batman. Then when Court of Owls came out, I ended up getting the first issue for Batman New 52. And I was like, wow, this is great. When's the next issue out? I'm not going to Google it or anything. So I never Googled it. I never ended up getting issue two. I'm glad to have issue one, but I never actually continued from there. So ah. eventually 2012, 13, 14, around there. It was like after a few trades were out, I ended up... Uh, getting the trades for Batman Court of Owls, uh, City of Owls, and Death of the Family. And then after Death mm-hmm. of the Family, I was caught up. So I, I got those three trades, and I got the first three trades of Justice League and Flash as well, because I really like Flash and I really like Justice League. And then there, I started getting regular issues. I've told the story on the podcast before, but in a nutshell, I ended up getting the first volume of Justice League, which was my first volume for New 52 from a hobo on the street who needed money for a taxi. <laughs> And my dad ended up giving him money, like a tip. And he's like, hey, thanks, man. Here, uh, your son likes to read. Take this. And gave me uh, Justice League Volume 2. So 
from there, it was kind of how <laughs> it started being, convincing me to actually go get these volumes and get more into superhero comics. But when I caught up for After Death of the Family, I wanted, like, I didn't want to wait for the next trade. So I was like, okay, well, there's three issues out right now, so I'll just pick those up. So I got those, and eventually I went off from there and started getting Justice League issues, Flash, I got into Green Lantern, I got into Superman, and I got into DC in general. And when Rebirth was announced, I was pretty much caught up in most DC books that I, that I wanted to read. And I was so excited for Rebirth, so I was already reading single issues, but right now, like at this point, you were reading trades, I guess. Rebirth began. Yeah. Uh, I made the mistake. I was so I had like a, a bad time in high school where I was in the hospital a lot. But when Rebirth began, I just got out of the hospital and I got like a part time job, and I was living at my parents' house. And I so I was just like, man, I'm just gonna read everything. What else am I gonna spend this money on? <laughs> I'm 16 years old. Like I'm just gonna spend this money on Rebirth. So I bought every single Rebirth title that was announced. Even Blue Beetle, Supergirl, Superwoman, characters that I didn't really necessarily care about. I just, I had the money. I had the time. So I'm like, I'm just going to read literally all of this. So I ended up reading every single Rebirth book that was announced. That's like 30 issues, 30 series or something like that. But I wasn't into Marvel, so I was just like, I'm just going to read all this. And then from there, I ended up either reading, reading them all up until cancellation or eventually being like, wow, I really don't like this Blue this Blue Beetle book. I'm just going to cancel it. <laughs> And then, so eventually, I started this account, Comic Book Hunter. I remember thinking of starting the Comic Book Hunter account. I was at a, it was Halloween, and I was with my friend, and we went to, like, a haunted experience house thing, where you had to be, uh-huh. I think you had to be 18 or older to go, and we always wanted to go, and we were both 18, so we decided to go to it. And it was just a little thing where you, like, walk through a haunted house, and people jump out at you, and uh afterwards uh we decided just to just kind of walk around this neighborhood that we were in it was like 1 a.m and Uh we were at this playground and i remember sitting on the swing being like man i should start a comic account my friend's like well you read comics so you may as well i'm like yeah and i I, like i comic on i comment on blurred vision all the time and he replies to me so (laughs) i should do this and so uh i ended up making the account called dc marvel stuff and my first post was well, well, so, so well so i was wondering about this so at this point you know you follow blurred vision and you followed <laughs> comic prints yeah uh jay right yeah and then you had followed me as well because i like like i know sometimes if, like if i'll look at like old um you know old posts of mine i'll see like caleb liked it on his personal page and like like did you follow me as well before you had your account or no i don't think i did I think I did, like, right when uh, I made my comic account, you were, the, like, one of the first people I followed. I followed, like, 50 comic account pages. But on my personal, I only yeah. followed, like, a handful. I don't think you were one of them. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't think I knew who you were then. But I Comic Prince, yeah. who no longer posts anymore, he was the main one that kind of made me want to. Because, like, I follow all these comic accounts, and all they post about is movies. And I was like, I kind of want to be an account that just focuses on comic books instead of the Civil War trailer. So, <laughs> I I ended up being both at first, actually. I remember my third post was a review of the movie Doctor Strange, because it just came out. So, uh, uh. I ended up being kind of both at first, but eventually I went to just being about comic books. And eventually I decided DC Marvel stuff is a stupid name. I'm just going to call myself something else. So, my name's Hunter, so I decided to call him a Hunter. And, yeah, the, the rest is history. Here I am, not reading every title of Rebirth, but... I got more into comics. We started this podcast due to a live stream that I was doing when Instagram announced that you could do live streams. 
I'm doing one and I felt so awkward and then JD joined and he's like, hey man, I can join you. So I let him join me. And that was like my first time seeing your face too. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, but but I felt like yeah, like things like kind of flowed naturally like right from the beginning. Like yeah, just talking about comics. Yeah, we were talking about just Doomsday Clock rumors or something like that. But we, we yeah. it was pretty natural. And then one comment said, "You guys should start a podcast." And we took that way too seriously. Took it way too seriously. <laughs> yeah, a single <laughs> comment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that the other day, like, you know, like, kind of, like, how we got starting our accounts, because I don't really remember, like, the full, like, you know, like, the day I started it and all that. I remember being in, uh, it was 2015, so I was in my sophomore year of high school, and, um, you know, I, I remember thinking, like, at the time, I was getting, you know, I was re- I, like I mentioned before, I was reading so many comics at that point, and I was like, I have no one to talk to about this. I wasn't really that big into yeah. Reddit, you know, and I didn't really get it, and I was like, I have no one to talk to about this like i can't you know i'll read like a badass you know nightwing comic and i can't go to my friends and be like dude you gotta check out chuck dick like they don't get it they don't know what dicks and nightwing is they don't get <laughs> nightwing they don't read comics so i was like holy crap what do i do and i was like oh you know i i use instagram and i followed a bunch of comic accounts for my personal so like i followed uh history of the batman and i followed uh dc comics united those were like the two big ones that i remember and I'm thinking like, okay, that's pretty cool. And I, and I had actually DM'd DC Comics United. I always give this guy credit. He had like 700,000 followers and he would always answer my DMs. So I always thought like, dude, this guy's awesome. Like he'd always reply to my DMs. And, or I'm sorry. Yeah, reply to my DMs. And like, you know, we just, we talk about comics and it was, it was really cool. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll start a comic account. So then basing myself off the history of the Batman name, I was like, okay, you know, I, I originally I was going to do a history of the Nightwing or a history of Nightwing rather. Cause I was really in the Nightwing, but I'm like, you know what? I've been really getting more into the flash. Let me just do history of the flash instead. And it's a good thing that I did. So, so yeah, I did a uh, history of the flash. Yeah. And, the TV show was, then, it, so it was uh, popular. Was that yeah. The TV show was pretty popular and I was into the first season and the second season, but then after that I fell off, but due to that, I gained a lot of followers, but I've, I've, and I always say this to people who DM me about it. You know, I, I gained so slow. You know, I had 56 followers in six months. And then Batman vs. Superman came out in March of 2016. And that gave me a boost because I posted. And I, and I feel so scummy, like, thinking about this. But I posted Ezra's cameo from Batman vs. Superman that I recorded in the theater. Oh, you did? On Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally the day I saw it. Oh, my God. You told me your phone in the theater. Oh my god! It's it's, it's it's amazing that I didn't get like banned off Instagram, you know, like for the yeah. fact that I posted that. But I, but I posted it, and it got you know I, at that point I had fifty six followers. It got ten thousand views, one thousand likes, <laughs> and gained a hundred followers. Damn. So it was my first post that blew up, and I was like, ho- like before that, I you know my max likes was maybe maybe you know eighty at the max. Yeah. So I was like, holy crap, like this blew I'm me up. Famous. So then I found a video online of Ezra's second cameo and I posted that. And that one did pretty well as well. So I gotta give Ezra Miller credit for boosting my account. But after that, now I had a little bit of followers, and this is when Instagram, you know, had the timeline in order. And once you started to grow, they just let you grow. So I, you know, I went from having, you know, 56 followers to, you know, maybe like five thousand at the end of my first year. I was like, wow, this is awesome. 5,000 followers. And that's when I met, um, you know, er- early on there, I met uh, Comic Prince, who uh, Hunter was just talking about before, and our other friend, uh, he had a bunch of different comic accounts. But uh, 
he's gone by like comic Jesus and stuff like that. His name was Isa. So I, I was in a group chat with the two of them. They, they asked me like, Oh, you want to be in a group chat? And I was like, yeah, sure. That'd be cool. So we would always talk about stuff. And you know, at that point, comic prints had all the followers and I had like none of the followers, but I was slowly catching up. So I went from 5,000 to 25,000 in the next year. And then from 25,000 to, you know, 40,000 in the next year, like I just kept growing and growing and growing. So, you know, my, my account, you know, shot up more and more. And that's when I, you know, learned how to make content because it used to just be me posting random flash pictures that I found on the internet. And then, uh, this is before Instagram even had the carousel feature. So I don't know if you remember Instagram being like this Hunter. I don't know if it's been like that for your account at all, but used to not be able to post multiple slides. It used to just be oh, one right. slide. So posting yeah, comic panels was impossible. For I remember that. Panel. Yeah. You can't even post videos so, when I first got on Instagram. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had a real tough time on Instagram for a bit, but then they, once they introduced the carousel post and I could start doing panels, my account blew up even more. <laughs> and that's kind of just been the, the, how it went for me. And then um, through that group chat that I mentioned with two guys, um, they decided, Hey, let's get a fourth member. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. That's and recruit. <laughs> that fourth member ended up being DC Marvel stuff, a.k.a. Hunter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got added to the group chat. And he used to always tell us his name was Hunter, and we would always call him. We're like, yeah, what's up, DC Marvel guy? Yeah, <laughs> we no never called his name. No one remembered. Well, I got a message from a guy called Isa when he messaged me being like, hey, uh, so we have a group chat, and um, it's called the Main Bros, and we're wondering if you could join. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, but at this point, like, I never talked to anyone on Instagram. I really wanted to, but I didn't know how to join the conversation. <laughs> I was like that awkward kid in class who, like, didn't really know how to join in, but he really wanted to. <laughs> that was me on Instagram. Uh, so I remember him being like, first off, uh, who's your favorite Flash? I'm like, uh, uh, I like Wally West. He's like, all right, you're in. I'm like, oh, thank God. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty so, much all we required. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't really remember. Like, I, I just remember them being like, oh, you know, like, we always had good times. Like, we'd always debate and all that. And it, it was, like, the perfect, like, it was, that group chat was literally the reason that I downloaded Instagram in the first place for History of the Flash. Like, I just wanted someone to talk about comics with so I could talk about whatever I read with them. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. So I would be like, yo, Kev I just read Kevin Smith's Green Arrow. It's really cool. And they'd be like, Kevin Smith sucks. And I'm like, well, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> so, uh, so then uh, Hunter got added to the chat, and again, like we didn't really like think much of it. Like you know, we we couldn't even remember his name. We would always be like DC Marvel guy. But then I guess I don't know. Like through time of just being in the chat, you know, we talked to him more and more, and then we got to know him, and then we all like became friends, and it was great. We would talk about comics with just the four of us, and then after Hunter, they started to add more and more people, and now I think it's up to like twelve or thirteen people in that chat. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so, so that's that's kind of like how i got introduced to hunter and like how you know my purpose on instagram got fulfilled and i i always say this like you know people are like oh you have so many followers or you got so many likes yeah but to me it doesn't really matter i would take you know one awesome thoughtful comment that like is you know intriguing to me that is about the post or whatever or about comics what comic? as opposed to you know <laughs> a thousand likes you know and yeah. just like the you know spam comments so you know, I I, the, I always love when I do like the debate posts. I love to see people's point of views, and you know, so, something that I've been getting lately is, um, you know, followers will either read or watch something that I enjoy. So like, uh, I have one follower who watches Smallville because he me heard me mention on the podcast, and he like DM'd me like, "Oh, I just watched Smallville season one, and we talked about it, and it was awesome." You know, I love to discuss stuff like that with someone who else is who is enjoying it for the first time. Now I have a follower who. 
uh, is reading Dixon Nightwing for the first time. And it honestly makes me feel like like the way he's talking about it is how I felt when I first read it, but I didn't have that output to put it out to. So like it's awesome for me to be like, hell yeah, man. Like keep going, keep reading. Like, you know, you have so many good stories to discuss it with him. Like it's to me, that's like a really cool thing to be like, hey, you inspired me to read this run and now we can discuss it. Like that's that's why I wanted Instagram in the first place. And I want to feel like, you know, you know, I mentioned before, DC Comics United, he had seven hundred thousand followers, and now I don't have nearly seven hundred thousand, but he had seven hundred thousand followers and he still took the time to reply to all my DMs. So that's why I always try to be like, Yeah, you know what, I'll have comic conversation with people. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if anyone's still listening at this point, because we've been rambling for a while, but if anyone's still listening at this point and you just want to like talk comics and DMs, yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm, I'm always down to like, kind of talk about that kind of stuff. And even then, like, I also do this for the conversation for the most part. I mean, this podcast is all about conversation. And I've had people too message me being like, yeah. I just saw your post on New 52 Batman. Where should I start? Or I've had people be like, I saw your post on Frank Miller's Daredevil, and I just picked up the first volume. I'm like, that is awesome. Be warned, it's a slow start, but it's it's one of the best runs ever made. So yeah, this, this yeah these accounts were made for the conversation. This podcast oh, but, is made for I, the conversation. I've had a few followers who have said like. Uh, I had to start reading Daredevil by Zdarsky because you and Hunter talk about it on the podcast like so, <laughs> so amazingly. So I'm like, all right, I have to read it, and I I love it. And like that DM always puts a smile on my face. Like hell yeah. And even then, thank you. You were the one who told me to read Zdarsky's Daredevil run because I was late to it. Like I I, I, I I don't know what made me read it, but something was like, oh, Daredevil number one. Yeah, Daredevil's a character I you know I've always wanted to read and get into. So sure, why not? And from the first issue, it grabbed me. So I'm like, Hunter, you got to read. You got to read. Please read it. Yeah. And I'm reading it after seven issues. I read them all in one go. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it made me like more of a Daredevil fan. Before, I was a huge Daredevil fan. I love Miller's run. Uh, but that was about it. Like, I, was, I love the show as well. I actually, one quick awkward story. I forgot to mention this one on the episode that we uh, talked about heroes that we met. Like, comic writers and celebrities and stuff. Uh-huh. I kind of met uh charlie cox who plays daredevil in the show kind of uh so oh, really y- yeah it's a bad story though <laughs> so, oh, oh what happened? i was at a comic convention and he was there and i wanted to get a picture with him but i didn't have time because i was doing other things going to panels and photo shoots and stuff like that so but i remember i, I was really bummed out because i was like dang he's only here this one day on this like saturday and i can't meet him so i was with some group of people and we were walking and then he's like all of a sudden he's doing like a signing in this area that we have to walk past. And I saw him I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> like I, I was really like hyped seeing him in person. And we're, as we're walking past, we're getting closer and closer and closer. And then my friends are just like, well, just say hi or something. Like you're just we're just walking past. Just wave to him. So I'm like, oh, I, I well, I can say hi. And like there's so many people here. Anyone can say it. Just like, OK, and then say hi. And then his name. So I'm like, oh, OK. So we get closer. And I as we reach like maybe like 10 feet apart i i call it like charlie because that's his name and he looks up and he looks at me and he smiles and waves and i froze <laughs> i completely froze i didn't know what to do for some reason like just him looking at me and smiling at me i was like <gasps> and i i couldn't move this was like when season one just came out so i was a little young at the time but i he just like stared at me smiling and then he like slowly like turned his head and went back to like signing something and i just I felt ashamed because I, I didn't know what to do. I was like a deer in headlights. And I was the <laughs> one who said hilarious. his name, too. Yeah, I said his name. I called him over, and I didn't expect him to actually look. But, yeah, now if I ever see him again, I will be... He won't remember me, I hope. 
but if I ever meet him in real life, I will be like nervous. He will never say it, but I'll be nervous. He'll be like, hey, you're the guy that called my name that never said anything. I'll be like, yeah, that's that's me, man. Or I'll just freeze again <laughs> if I meet him. Maybe I'll just freeze up. But it's yeah. <laughs> my short little daredevil story. But yeah, anyways, conversation. We made these things for conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So that that for me, like the conversation is the best thing about it. Like I, like I said, I love seeing those DMs of people telling me like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm reading Texans Nightwing or I'm reading Wade's Flash, you know, because you post about it, and yeah, it's really awesome. And I'm like, hell yeah, man. Like I, I love that. Like I said, the follower who's reading Dixon Nightwing, like everything that he's saying is what I felt in 2014 when I was reading the title, and I was like this is amazing but i have no one to share it with so yeah. i want to be that output for someone and i'm like yeah you know what that, that's that's cool so mm-hmm. i like i want to be the output output that i wish that i had at the time so yeah that's uh it's, it's been stuff. a lot of fun on this account you know i don't plan on stopping anytime soon like i've i've had friends ask me uh before like like are you ever gonna give up the account and you know to me it's kind of just like you know i'm gonna do it as long as i can i mean i've posted for four years at this point right like it's been a long time i've done over two thousand posts and you know you'd think at this point i'd run out of stuff to post and some days there are days where i'm like oh, what the hell am i gonna post i have no content but you know i, I kind of just keep it going and there's always some kind of conversation to be had about the flash and you know with the comics always coming out there's always something to say and uh yeah you know i maybe one day i'll expand my account beyond the flash i've considered it before i've considered posting nightwing and i've considered posting all this other stuff so um yeah so anyway uh you know it's been great running this account it's been great running this podcast 99 episodes strong and uh yeah i didn't i didn't mean for this end to get emotional but i'm starting to get yeah. a little emotional here comes the tears <laughs> here comes the waterworks i'm sure you're crying i'm sure come. Our, all of our listeners are in tears right now it's okay harper you're, you should be okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh next week's episode 100 what are we doing uh <laughs> That, that's a good question. I, I think future JD and future uh, Hunter, that's a problem for them to deal with. That's a, where they're they're where they're about to record in ten minutes, and they're like, uh, "So what do you got?" <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, we will say, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's stay tuned. Ride. For... I, I never thought the podcast would even go hundred episodes. Like this, it still kind of blows my mind. Yeah, and we're gonna do something big. Like, like we're not just making a regular episode. I'm future hunters kicking himself now, but uh, we will say for sure that there are a hero story announcements happening next week involving the podcast in general and the company of a hero story comics in general. But as far as the episode, stay tuned. <laughs> We're staying tuned ourselves because we have no idea. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Can't wait to listen. listen. I'm just impressed we got through this week, but uh, yeah, this was this ended up being a pretty fun episode to record. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you're, uh, you're for a hero yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for, for, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review or whatever you think we're worth. Uh, if you're listening anywhere else, uh, we appreciate a follow slash subscribe uh, for a hero story. I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. What?